We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, y'all, welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins. Lauren and I are here today in our office and are excited to bust open this topic of porn inside of relationships and dating. So we have quite a few people who ask us questions, and one of the questions we get a lot is, I'm in a relationship and my partner is struggling with pornography. Should we keep going forward? Should we stop? Or the other one that we get a lot is, I'm interested in a person that's struggling with pornography. Do I actually jump into that relationship? Uh, if so, what are the things I should be looking for? If not, you know, how do I know how long to wait and if they're ready to go? And you know, honestly, this topic of pornography and dating and relationships and marriage is so common today. I mean, it is so incredibly common. I get this uh, question a lot at Braveco. I get this question a lot as a pastor. And so we just felt like it would be really important to dive into it, give some tips and tools if you are struggling uh, with pornography and some tips and tools if you're married and are working through this with your spouse. But hopefully give you guys some real clarity and direction to move forward into relationships. That's great. Yeah. I think, um, you know, dating in general, there's all kinds of unknowns in the dating process. So, you know, whether you're a guy or a girl and you're in at some level in the dating process, I think knowing, you know, to ask the right questions at the right time to even discover is your partner struggling with pornography? Mm. It's a really important question to, to have the answer to. Um, before we dive into, you know, why do people use porn? Because I think that it would be good to give an overview there. Babe, what would you say to somebody that is new to dating somebody and they haven't broached that topic yet or they haven't actually asked that question? What's a good way to ask that question? Yeah, so I think that if it was me, I would just start out with, hey, we've been seeing each other for whatever, a short amount of time, a week, whatever. And I know there are things in your life and my life that maybe we don't have the, the full emotional equity or time to dive into. But an, a topic that is really important to me is pornography. It's making sure that the person I'm dating has either conquered that or it isn't struggling with that in feeling the freedom to, to be honest and open about it is That's really great. important. And so I don't know that there's any perfect way to say it, but I think I would approach the topic from, you know, I'm an adult, I'm whatever, 28 or I'm 30 or I'm 40 years old. And a lot of people struggle with this. It's an issue that, um, feels important to talk about. You don't have to go into every single detail, but I just love to know where you're at with that. That's great. And being really willing to advice. offer up where you're at, you know, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, great advice. Um, and out the gate, I think it's important to say there there was a, you know, historically, I think that 
the topic of pornography has been relegated largely to men, but I do think it's important to note that these days, there's an enormous percentage of women that also struggle with pornography. It's just a lot more taboo to talk about. So it's, you know, this is not just simply a conversation for the guys. I think it's important to make that distinction. Yeah, it's true. And it's becoming more and more common amongst mm -hmm. women for sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if you're dating, like being brave to actually crack that question open and not being afraid to, to do that, I think is, is really important. We like to champion that from the get go and, you know, to understand why that question has so much merit, like why would you actually, you know, week one, week two, month one or two of dating somebody, you know, what, why is it so important to ask that question? Well, I think it's important to understand why people use porn mm -hmm. because the implications of a problem with porn, it's not the looking at porn in and of itself that is the end, you know, is the end problem. There's so many implications to why people use porn and what the effects can be on a relationship. I think we should just talk a little bit about that. Why do people yeah. use porn? My friend Aaron Zent always says that porn is a solution and <clears throat> Porn is an answer for a lot of people to a much deeper issue. And there's a quote, I can't remember the guy who said it, but he said, um, the antidote to addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. And when you start to look at, if you go beyond just a little bit broader than pornography specifically, and you look at addiction, well, what causes addiction in people's lives? Someone once said that addiction begins when we can no longer bear to be present in our lives. That's, that is the birthplace for addiction. So when you think back to your life, like when we go through big challenges, you know, you don't feel connected at home. You feel overwhelmed, stressed, uh, you grow up in an environment where you're bullied, um, just think of all the different areas and places in your life that, that cause you to want to medicate because you're in a lot of pain. That's where addiction is birth. And it doesn't necessarily have to be pornography. It could be alcohol. It could be cutting. It can be overeating. You know, overeating. Yeah. And we Shopping. go to these, yeah, we go to these different addictions because I don't know how to manage my emotions. I don't know how to to regulate myself. I don't know how, what to do with this pain. And so pornography <clears throat> is so rampant in our day and age. I mean, because it's so readily available. And on top of that, it so closely meets what we're all really looking for. So every human being is looking for human connection. And man, it's, it feels so good to be deeply connected to somebody in your life. And so a lot of people grow up in a home where they live really disconnected on top of that. So perfectly paired with that is that it's the, the average age for kids being introduced to porn now is like nine to 11 years old. And so it gets, it keeps getting younger and younger and younger where when I was a kid, the average age for kids getting introduced to porn was much, much older like 12, because 13, 14. yeah, because you had to have a magazine, right? Right. 
And as I got older, you had to have a video like VHS. You had to be brave enough to put it in your home family home VHS when your parents weren't around. And so everybody everywhere all the time has access to this thing that for a moment really helps you feel connected, helps you feel, you know, takes away the pain, takes away some of the loneliness, takes away the frustration on the back end though. Gosh, it's just wreaking havoc, creating way more disconnection, way more mistrust, way more pain. So, you know, it's a solution. People who feel really isolated, unknown, um, unseen, disconnected, uh, in lots of pain go to pornography. And that is, that is a main staple, uh, source of false connection, false security, uh, false power. A lot of men go to pornography cause they feel really insecure. It makes them feel powerful, mm. makes you feel, you know, strong, makes you feel confident as a man and, uh, it just creates so much problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, Let's talk about what the problems are a minute because there's, we talk about, you know, why do people go to porn, but what are the negative effects that a porn problem has on a relationship? Yeah. And you can answer a lot of this too. Um, I think number one, you know, when, when you're looking at pornography and you're in a relationship, so let's just let's start with relationship as opposed to just a single person. When you're in a relationship and you're looking at pornography, you have a really distorted view of what a relationship should and could be. And so it's very hard not to sexualize the other person and, and hypersexualize at that, the other person. And you have these really distorted expectations of what connection should feel like what relationship should feel like, how exciting a relationship should be. And, and so, you know, it, it just, it's like a foreign addict, everything besides the use of whatever you're addicted to begins to feel really dull. So for a porn addict, regular life, life outside of pornography for like a real porn addict feels really bland, feels really dull because I'm used to this hyper sexualized, super exciting. I'm getting massive hits of dopamine on a regular basis. And I'll give you a good example. Like I don't, I don't drink sugar, so I don't drink Coke or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All I drink is uh, like sparkling water in water basically. And the other day, my dad was, uh, my dad and I were working in the shop and he grabbed my drink and drank it and goes, oh gosh, this stuff is terrible. Well, my mom and dad drink lots of Coke, lots of soda, whatever. That's just how they grew up. That's the culture they've been in. And I said, oh dad, it only tastes that way to you because you're used to like something that's really stimulating, super high sugar content, like really exciting for your mouth. If you're used to that, then everything outside of that is like, oh my Boring. God, I can't even taste it. Elijah used to be like that. He would drink my, my um, sparkling water and be like, I can't even have this. This stuff's so nasty. <laughs> but then he cut sugar. Now he likes it. Now he likes it. It's yeah. his go-to. And that's the same thing when we're in a relationship. Like everything just seems kind of dull. doesn't feel exciting. doesn't feel fast. You know, and, and so it's like, well, why get into a relationship if it doesn't actually do anything for me? 
Well, the problem is your brain's really numb. So one of the effects of pornography on our brains is that it actually, it really does actually numb your brain. And so later on, what that turns into is erectile dysfunction. Um, Because uh, somebody explained it like this, like if I start rubbing your arm and I rub it in the same spot, at first it feels good, but pretty soon it like hurts. Right. And the more I do it, like eventually it gets numb. It gets to a place where you can't hardly feel it anymore. Once you get past that pain point, your brain gets so full of the, the Delta Foss B, all these other chemicals that literally build up in your reward circuit that it takes a higher and higher and higher hit of dopamine to actually get a response. And eventually your body quits responding because there's not a strong enough signal sent to your brain to get an erection. But that's also happening emotionally. And so that's a massive problem. Yeah. Yeah. Massive problem. I think about, um, you know, Jason and I taught the pre-marriage class at our church for a lot of years. And so we would sit with couples who were at some stage in the process of, you know, deciding, do we want to marry each other or not? Some of them had not been dating very long. Some of them were already engaged and were definitely, you know, walking towards marriage. And we would have conversations, you know, with these, with these couples, um, pretty consistently. Sometimes porn was a problem, was a dynamic in the relationship that they already knew about, sometimes not. But I think across the board, it's important to actually just have the framework understanding of like, what is the purpose of dating and, Mm. and what is the process of dating? And we would say, you know, the dating journey, if done well, should be a trust building journey. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're dating, it's because likely because you want to at some point get married. Mm-hmm. And so the dating process is a journey of getting to know someone. And as you, you know, you can't, you're not going to just jump all the way to the finish line of marriage without the dating process and the purpose of the dating process mm-hmm. is to build trust. And as you build trust, um, if things continue moving forward, then you build intimacy mm-hmm. as you grow in trust. So, you know, the problem with a porn, pro- you know, a porn issue is that it kind of stalls you out in the trust building process because, well, for starters, we've never sat with a couple who's felt great about their porn problem. You're not going to, you know, at, at at minimum in the church, you're not going to find somebody who likes that they have a porn issue or that doesn't actually feel like porn is a problem. There's an incredible amount of shame and guilt and often powerlessness. If, if a porn issue has you know, has been going on for any length of time. Mm-hmm. That's not like a happy, proud place. Can I add something to that yeah. too? Innately in our brains, when somebody has an addiction that they can't stop, they feel out of control. Absolutely. And so I have a really hard time trusting you when you can't stop the thing. You can't do what you say you want to do. Absolutely. So hard to trust you. Yeah. And you know what? Not to be, let's just say, let's say, because this would definitely be the, in, if we're just talking percentages, this would be the more likely scenario. Let's say that the guy has a porn problem. Well, that guy 
doesn't actually feel in control of himself. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, an incredible amount of confidence is lacking in his ability to lead himself in this area, much less lead a relationship in a healthy, productive way. So, you know, you could pretend it's not a problem for a little while and date each other and probably have a good time, but you're going to have a hard time moving through the stages of building trust and intimacy together because at some point that porn problem is going to become a hindrance for him at minimum for both of you, if if both parties know about the porn problem, it's going to become a hindrance in building trust and intimacy for that exact reason that you just shared. You can't actually trust someone to protect you and to keep you safe if you can't trust that they can do that for themselves. Yeah, it's real. I think another massive challenge with pornography is, okay, most of the underlying root issue is it's people's inability to emotionally connect. Yeah. So when you really look at it, it's like, one, I don't trust you simply because of the act, right? You're looking at pornography. It feels like you're cheating on me. Uh, it feels like you don't have the ability to control yourself, right? But the other side of that is what our relationship is really lacking is this deep emotional connection. And if if you knew how to deeply emotionally connect, the chances are you wouldn't be going in using pornography. So again, the antidote to addiction is, is that connection. It's a real connection. And so when I'm cheating the cheating myself from getting it in a real way, right? Like I have to use courage. I have to use my skill set. I have to use my, you know, like healthy boundaries and healthy communication, uh, vulnerability to really come to you and to connect, emotionally connect, emotionally open up. Like if I'm going to pornography, I'm shortcutting that whole process. And in return, what happens inside of the relationship is one or the other person is constantly feeling like, man, I'm just not getting enough. I'm just don't, you don't feel like you're fully present or uh, it just, it doesn't feel as connected as you'd want it to be. And so a, that's the problem. Like when we get further along into marriage, what happens in marriages is, man, these men or women who are regularly using pornography and regularly can be every four months. It could be every six months. Yeah. Using pornography creates this massive emotional disconnection. And we know like when you get emotionally disconnected, it's a hammer to the relationship the opposite of that is when I learn how to emotionally connect, it's life. It is blood. It's oxygen to our relationship. And so it's very hard, very, very hard to have a successful relationship when the other person, one or one or the other person doesn't know how to do deep emotional connection. And in return, you're using a substance, some type of substance it could be food like we talked about overspending, whatever, bulimia, anorexia, to cope with their emotional, uh, you know, discomfort, pain. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think that a lot of people would would hear this and agree, you know, there's not gonna be a whole lot of disagreement about the issues surrounding porn or what the, 
you know, downfalls are, like what are the hard spots you're going to come up on inside of your relationship if there is a porn problem. But being in a relationship with somebody who you really care about, you know, you're dating, you have vision for a future together, and this one issue is the only issue that seems to be keeping you from your dream, which is getting married or, yeah. you know, building a life together. We've sat with a lot of people, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with women over the years where they'll say something along the lines of like, but I have so much, I have so much compassion for him and I can see who he is. I can see who he's going to be when he gets free. Um, we love each other. You mm -hmm. know, he doesn't want to have this problem. Mm -hmm. And they start asking questions like, well, how much is too much? You know, like, is it okay if he's only looking at it once a month? Is it okay if he's only looking at it, you know, once a week? What if it, what if he strips up every six months? You know, it's been a long time. How do I, so it, kind of this, and I think those are valid questions, right? Like it's hard to know we're, none of us are perfect. That's all. That's often the argument too. Well, none of us are perfect. You know, I have, you know, we both have our issues. He's not asking me to be perfect. You know, is it fair that I ask him to be quote perfect in this area? Like if you were sitting with a woman who's asking you those questions today about her dating relationship, what, what would you tell her? Yeah. It's a great question. The, the biggest issue is why can does he actually really understand or does she actually really understand their cycle mm -hmm. what's really happening why they're using it when it happens what the triggers are and and what they need to do to live a healthy whole life and as you as you learn those things and are able to Oh gosh, I understand why I felt. I understand why I used to use pornography. I understand why I was addicted to masturbation. As you begin to understand those things and are able to map out the cycle, understand where you're at, uh, recognize triggers, uh, go to get your need met in a healthy way. As you start to understand that, you, you build trust. The opposite happens. So you begin to build trust in a relationship. Yeah. And so to me, <clears throat> you know, if somebody is struggling once, once a week, I wouldn't, I would be like, Hey, if you're in a relationship, you find out that your partner's struggling once a week to me, it, they have to go figure that out. They have to yeah. go. It's like pause where you're at. Yeah. Don't go deeper emotionally. In my opinion, this is my opinion. Don't yeah. go deeper emotionally. And I would, I wouldn't shame them. I would be going, Hey, th this is something you got to go figure out before I even would know if I want to go deeper in this relationship. Because if you can't solve that a once a week porn problem that's an addiction. Like that's, you're in a full blown addiction and that's going to ruin a marriage. Like, absolutely. If, if you go further then you ultimately, in my opinion, you just have a unrealistic expectation of how amazing marriage is going to be. It's oh, yeah. not going to be amazing enough to overcome a once a week porn addiction. No, you know, once a month, in my opinion, same thing. Like it's a, Hey, there's obviously a problem. Imagine that he only screams at you once a month. It's like, well, I don't want to be in a relationship where I get screamed at once a month. Uh, you know, God, there's an issue that's going on. And most, more than likely he's, or she is using their willpower to keep themselves well, well, as opposed to learning how to get their need met 
in a healthy way and fully getting rid of that issue. You know, I think it gets harder to actually really pinpoint when you're talking about once every eight months or once every year because, you know, I have friends that struggle once every year or, and it's not usually full-blown porn. It's like, oh man, I was scrolling on Instagram and I made a bad decision to look at some women in bathing suits. And then I went, hold on, what am I doing? That's usually actually when it gets to that level, it's usually something like that. And it's like, okay, well, let's go back to the drawing board and figure out why you made that decision. And it's usually out of, you know, my wife and I got in a big argument, plus I got a bunch of stress at work. And mostly what I'm saying is it's going to be hard to know at the year mark or the eight months mark or the six month mark if a guy really has or hasn't. And to me, that's not even the thing. The thing isn't like, are you looking at porn? The thing is, can we emotionally connect? Can you manage your, your, your appetite in all these other areas? Are, are you doing a great job at managing your triggers? Are you doing a good job? You you know, like, can you manage yourself well? Because, you know, you have things in your life that mm, come up every once in a while and it's not pornography. It's not necessarily even big sin issues. It would be like, I'm telling on you, it would be like, oh, you, you get frustrated and maybe talk to Edie in a way that was less than ideal. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't want a wife that talks to my kids in a way that's (laughs) not awesome. And I've got some things in my life too, that would be really unfun every once in a while. You know, I dismiss one of your emotions. Uh And I remember I did that the other day and you're like, Hey, that felt really dismissive. And I'm like, "Uh." so the thing is though, is like, am I living that lifestyle? Uh Am I living a, am I, unable to live in a healthy rhythm and a healthy life with you. And so as you move further and further away, it's harder to pinpoint like, wow, every six months, I don't, you're not really going to know, but what you're going to know is the person I'm with isn't hiding. Mm -hmm. They do vulnerability. Well, they take ownership of their life. They solve problems and are working towards solutions. They're not afraid to see a counselor or to get input and feedback. Those are the things that you're really looking for. Yeah. So I can like hear the voices of the critics in my mind right now, trying to like, you know, go, you said dot, dot, dot. So let's make a couple of clarifying points. Go for it. <laughs> couple of clarifying points. What we are not saying is that well, porn's not that big of a deal if you can emotionally connect with each other. No, no, what no. we are saying is if you have a porn problem, 100%, you have an emotional connection problem. Mm-hmm. You can't struggle with pornography and do a great job in your dating life or in your marriage emotionally connecting. They don't, it doesn't work. So that's clarifier number one. Clarify number two, it isn't not a big deal if you look at porn once a year that is going to be an indicator that there is a problem. So I think what we're saying is, you know, when when somebody's in a full-blown addiction and they're looking at porn once a week or even once a month or every couple of months, if it's a cycle, if you know that you can identify a trigger and a response and it is in a cycle, then that's a cycle that you're going to want to dig in and figure out how to break. You got to figure out what the actual need is, you know, 
and how to get that need met in a healthy way when it comes up, even if it comes up every so often. Um, if, if you have a partner who's looking at porn once a year, then what's happening is there's a trigger for that. Something's being triggered. There's a need that wants to be met. And in that moment, you're having trouble locating how to meet it in a healthy, in a healthy way. You still need to figure that out, right? Yeah. The problem is, is like, man, if I'm looking at porn once a year, it's still a ha- it's a hammer to, our, to Absolutely. my confidence. It's a hammer to our You don't marriage. feel free. No. And it sucks. I'm simply saying it's really hard to pinpoint. Like you're not going to wait five years to marry someone to make exactly. sure that they. So I'm saying it's very hard to pinpoint the once a year cycle because you know, it's so infrequent. What you're looking for is you're looking to yeah, make in sure. in the dating journey. Mm-hmm, in the dating journey that they can do all the other things because yeah. it's not the, it's not the like, oh, wow, he's looking at pornography that clues me to that there's a problem or that it's like, if he can do all these other things, then maybe I should say it like this. Pornography is not the only problem inside of marriage that causes problems. Oh, no. It's like if he can emotionally connect or she, if you can be honest and open, if you can uh, take ownership, if you then all the other things that come up in your relationship, in your life, you're going to be able to overcome yeah. and conquer because outside of pornography, there's lots of other yeah. things that come up in marriage. And those are the same tool sets and skills that you need to live a totally. healthy marriage. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. So, okay. I want to talk for a second as a woman to the women who ask these questions, you know, how much is too much? What if he only, you know, what if he struggles only, you know, once a month? Um, can I date him or get engaged to him if I know he's at least on the right track? How do you know if he's on the right track? So I just want to speak for a minute, just from from the perspective of a married woman um, and just kind of maybe even just describe how I think yeah. to listeners. So one of the, the main problems that I have with, um, you know, when I'm in a conversation with, with a girl who's in a dating relationship, you know, I really love this guy. I want to marry him. We're not engaged yet. He does struggle with pornography, but you know, he doesn't like it. It is a problem for him. He, he really wants to get well. He's got some guys that he's talking to, you know, he's got some accountability. Like he's got a friend who he always calls if he, you know, messes up. Um, you know, I can see who he is. I know that it's not something that he wants in his life. So my issue with moving forward in that scenario, moving forward, meaning like moving forward to a deeper commitment level, either choosing to get engaged or married when that's happening. The main thing that drives me bananas Mm -hmm. is when people approach this area of their life with a a sense of hopelessness or powerlessness over solving the problem. I think that culture, the church, just, you know, bad information in general causes people to think that this is something they'll have to quote manage or keep under wraps forever. When in fact, you can actually get to a place of complete freedom. And as a woman, and this is me, right? Like 
Y'all go and live your lives. But I would never, 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 never get engaged to or marry somebody that is in a porn addiction. Never. Yeah. Because I know that it's a thousand billion bajillion percent possible to get completely free. And the implications of a porn problem on a marriage are so deep, so problematic. It is so problematic because connection is the absolute goal of an intimate relationship. If it's not, you know, things are out of a like, connection has to be the, the goal. And if there's a porn problem, there is automatically an incredible hindrance at connection. Mm-hmm. Marriage is so hard, you guys. I, I said this to a friend the other day. We were having dinner with a couple friends. Marriage is so hard when it's great that you do not want to, in, you don't want any other factors in the mix making it impossible for you to emotionally connect. Because I would say like newsflash for anybody that's not married is a great marriage is a ton of work. Mm -hmm. A unhealthy marriage where there's addiction involved, where there's, you know, an inability to connect emotionally, those marriages would be so uninteresting to me. I would run so fast in the other direction. Like I just wouldn't do it. I would not do it. So if I'm talking to women who are like, they're, they're so wanting to be married that they're almost willing to put up with a porn problem. I would raise a huge red flag and I would just say, don't do it, lady, don't do it. Or sir, you know, don't do it. Yeah. Because at the, at the end of the day, I think I just want to scream from the rooftops, a, a thousand percent freedom is so possible. There's no reason for you to settle for this. There's yeah. no reason men. There's no reason women. And I think that, you know, people stay stuck because they don't actually understand the real problem or how to solve the real problem. So I think what we're saying is there is a real solution. There is a complete fix. Um, and so there, there would be no coaching coming from me to settle for being in a relationship with somebody that has a porn problem. Now, tons of compassion. Yeah. And I think what Jason said is, is excellent. Like in the dating process, in the trust building journey, when you, if you come up on realizing, Oh, there's a, there's a porn problem here, push pause, give it the attention it needs, give it some time, especially if you really could see things working out as long as this wasn't in the mix. You know, if you're willing to go on the journey with somebody of pushing pause and not moving further into intimacy until there's freedom. Great. You're welcome to do that. You don't know how long that's going to take and you're going to have to decide along the way if you're wor- if it's worth waiting for, but I would definitely not move forward in intimacy if there's an active porn problem. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, there's, there's definitely people who will be listening to the podcast who are struggling with pornography on some level. And let me just add maybe two more things. The first one is some people have become addicted to pornography at such a young age before before there was even uh, something wrong inside of their life to drive them to that. That's real. So I know guys that got introduced to pornography at eight and nine years old and literally it it created this addiction before they were even solving a problem. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, 
when your parents are a drug addict and they give you drugs or alcohol at a be, young age, at a young age, and you become addicted when you weren't trying to solve a problem. That's real. Yeah. That happens. And then you start as you grow up, like, man, now I'm using this thing. You're that dependent I, on something. Yeah. You become dependent. We see babies born like that, right? Uh, babies born to addicts is the baby's dependent and it's not their fault through a little process of detox yeah and so i think i have so much compassion for people who are stuck in addiction because it is a hell it is a nightmare it is so unfair on so many different levels you know and i i say this often like for most people for a lot of people it's not your fault it's your responsibility Absolutely. And so when you start to approach it from that angle, like, okay, listen, you weren't the one that created, you know, the disconnection in your home. You were young. You weren't the one that exposed you to that. Like you were probably a victim of being exposed. A lot of people were. Yes. Now you have to do the hard work that it takes, which is going to grow grit and perseverance in your life to overcome this thing that is going to unlock a whole bunch of health and a whole bunch of joy and, and a whole bunch of freedom yes, that's in, great. into your life. And so to me, it's like, if you're married and you're stuck in pornography, don't listen to this podcast and go like, oh shoot, I'm screwed. My marriage is going to suck. And no. you know, like now's the time to go, okay, I've worked in Braveco. I've worked with so many men over this last two years who have, uh, confronted this topic head on, been honest and open about it and began the journey of getting well. And yep. so many, have seen so many guys get well. We've so done this much for, breakthrough. Yeah. The last 20 years at our church, we have a men's purity group. So Monday nights, if you live at, in, in Reading, our men's purity group is fantastic. And um, it's called the whole man project. It's awesome. Aaron Zent runs that. That's a great place to go for a year of your life or six months of your life. Yes. Invest in getting well. Invest in learning the tools that it takes to overcome this and to grow strength and grit, perseverance, and real connection. Um, if you're super stuck and this is a cycle, a massive cycle in your life, the Transformation Center, it's called Shasta Blue Sky, uh, which I oversee. Um, we have an addiction program that is really successful. So I think it costs $3,000. It's a nine month program. It will be the best $3,000 that you have invested into yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that the, the success rate for that program right now is like 80 something percent, which is wow. super high, um, super high. And I have personal friends that I'm thinking of several personal friends that I have sent through that program whose marriages were on the brink of divorce and they had years and years and years of addiction who have overcome wow addiction yeah wildly Amazing. successful yes and then um again like rape is a great way for men to go th- to kick this issue this this addiction in their life so lots of men have gone through braveco uh done our 12 month or our sorry our 12 week program and which we have available for people right now so if you're interested in like, man, what's a program that I could do to jump in, not just to overcome pornography, because we don't actually specifically just address pornography. No. It's how to become a healthy whole man. Um, <clears throat> then that would be a great way for you and your buddies. I've got 10 friends that I'm starting next Monday uh, going through the, the Foundations of Masculinity, our 12-week course, to really help strengthen and learn how to build connection, learn how to work through pain, learn how to set healthy boundaries. So 
I would highly right. recommend uh, jumping on the braveco.org, looking at how you can start a group of your own, right? Lead the group or have somebody else lead it with you. You don't have to be an expert. It's all pre-recorded content. You guys can connect uh, that way. What's cool about that is once a month, guys can jump on live with me and, uh, and all the other guys in Braveco, we do a once a month call for that. So, you know, there's some resources for you men and women even, um, that, that will help you move forward in your life. And to me, the most important thing, if you're in a relationship and you've been struggling with pornography is that you would have a real plan Yeah. and pick one of these, right? Pick any one of these plans that help you really make powerful steps in the right direction. And if you do that, what happens is you become a problem solver. You become a trusted person inside of the relationship that just builds so much strength, so much trust. And, and all of a sudden you go from like your wife being like, man, I can never trust you. Like, this is what guys are telling me all the time. Like my wife was so closed off to me because she couldn't trust me and she didn't feel safe. And now like my wife trusts me so much that our relationship is like what it was when we first got married. Yeah. It's crazy. It's and so, so much yeah, transformation. So much transformation. So for guys, it's like, man, just get on your horse, get with men who are running that direction and really lock down and tackle this issue in your life. It's great. All right, cool. Well, we're gonna wrap this up, but hopefully this was helpful for you. As always, we would just invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Um, you can share it, send it, rate and review it, all the things. So we appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for listening and joining us today and we will see you next week. 